it just came all in the same week and I was like, this is it. This is what I have to do. It was just instant, like, I'm going to raise money for the Turtles. The first two episodes of Minted have introduced you to NFT marketplaces and NFT communities. I know there are many artists and designers out there who are curious about NFTs and who don't know where to start. Today, I'll be sharing an inspiring story about a curious artist who went from knowing nothing about NFTs to selling them in just a couple of months. If this episode has a theme, it's resistance. Specifically, overcoming resistance. There's a book called The War of Art, written by Stephen Pressfield. If you're creative and you either never start or finish things, this book is a brutally honest and perfectly articulated insight into what your problem actually is and how to overcome it. Most of us have two lives, Pressfield says. The life we live and the unlived life within us. Between the two stands resistance. Who amongst you wanted to write a book, move abroad, make a film, invest some money for retirement, or retrain and get that job you always wanted? We can't actually see resistance, but we can sense it, feel it. We experience it, Pressfield says. It's a negative, repellent force. Its aim is to distract us and prevent us from actually doing our work. And there's a rule of thumb in the book. It says, the more important a call to action is to our own personal evolution, the more resistance we feel towards pursuing it. As every creative person knows, resistance is a battle you fight every day. Writers know this very well. So do artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, filmmakers, and podcast producers. It's the same for all of us. It was also the same for today's guest on the show, Ellie. She's an artist, illustrator, and designer. She's French-Canadian, but now lives in Costa Rica. And in a few short months, she was able to overcome resistance many times to create six unique NFTs, of which five have sold for a few hundred dollars each. She's donating about half the money to a local nonprofit dedicated to saving sea turtles, an endangered animal that she and her local community in Costa Rica have a personal connection with. So what's actually Pressfield's advice on overcoming resistance? It's easy. Do the work. Sit down every day and do the work. That's why I like Ellie's story. It's an honest reflection of how hard it is to do the work needed to live the unlived life within us and how NFTs can help artists like Ellie to discover more of that life. Here people call me Ellie. I live in Costa Rica. I've been here for over a year now, full time. I've been coming down here for almost six years. I'm French-Canadian. I'm a freelance illustrator, graphic designer. Um, I do a lot of hand lettering as well. I skate, I surf. I live the Pura Vida here in Costa Rica. And, um, and moving here really like expanded my whole, um, art, you know, I'm always in nature. I meet so many different people. I live in a very small town and everybody here is just a mix of people from everywhere. 
There's people from from all countries and everybody speaks their languages and it's it's so cosmopolitan. It's it's amazing. So you meet people from all kinds of places with all kinds of cultures. They they come here for surfing and nature. So everybody loves the same thing, but come from different backgrounds. So I love this place a lot. <laughs> Ellie's going to share her story about getting into NFTs and her path to becoming an illustrator living a remote life. She was fortunate to meet someone who explained a lot about NFTs to her. But before we get into that, I want to start off with Ellie's story about how she decided to connect NFTs to the world around her. When I was um, talking with this woman who explained Mm -hmm. me about NFTs, I was like, okay, I'm I'm down to do that, but to me, it was still really vague, this whole digital thing. I have to find a way to bring what we, you want me to do, what we're going to do, I want to do too, into the real world. It has to be a little more like real for me. So I, I want to make a change. I want to have an impact on my community here somehow. Like, how can I use this in like this Web3 thing that is still yeah it's still really vague for me and 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 put it in the the real world where i live in my community so she was like yeah nft for goods and she talked she explained to me that other artists uh do that you know they raise money for whatever they matters to them right so i was like okay okay cool like i'll I'll think about it when you're not sure what to do or you can't see clearly it's good to take a break and clear your mind. Surfing seems like a really good way to do that. Drifting around on the ocean, waiting for waves. The sound alone can be a great place for your mind to just wander. And it's in those moments that inspiration can strike. Ellie told me about the day that she got the inspiration for her first NFT project. My partner is a surfer. He's also from Hawaii. He works for the this organization, which is Saving Sea Turtles. So we've been talking about turtles for a long time, and um, he's been explaining me how essential they they are to biodiversity, and how if they don't protect them, like people poach them or animals take them. So he's teaching me how to surf, and then we're in the water. I was on my board at the peak, at this beautiful uh, wave where I live. It's all reef, so it's on a beach break. People that know about surfing, it's um, it's beautiful. That day was so beautiful, and the water was super clear. It was around like 11 a.m. The sun was shining, like summertime here. Because it's a reef, um, the turtles are feeding down there, so they're they're eating. We're in the water, and a, a turtle comes up to me. It's the first time. I'm from Canada. Like, there's no turtles there. So I was like, wow, it's like right there. Like, I could touch it, but I didn't, right? But I could touch it. Like, it's so close to me. This is so amazing. And I was just so amazed by the moment. I was like, wow, like we're next to each other's. She was, she was eating and, and then she was like, hey, what's up? And it's just, it was such a beautiful moment. 
So I was like, well, let's just like raise money for your organization. Like make sure this project keeps continuous activities um, because they, they have such a, a big impact and it, it also creates jobs for, for Ticos here, for Costa Ricans. So I was like, okay, how can I make a change um, and, and help you guys? Because um, I met everybody who's working for this project and it's just amazing human beings who are so passionate by, by turtles and by saving them and, and everything they represent. So that's how it, it, it started. I'd assumed wrongly that being in Costa Rica and living a surfer life, that Ellie would have probably heard about NFTs for the first time online. She actually heard it from two surfers at the beach. Some surfer guys were talking about this and Ethereum and crypto, but they were kind of like, oh, and Ellie, you're an artist, this NFT thing, like really briefly, like they didn't really know, but they had heard of it. And I was like, what is this thing? Okay, I'm going to, I'll Google it. So I went back home and then I Googled it and then I looked a little bit, read whatever I found and I was like, this is way too technical and way too much for me. And I just like shut down my computer and I was like, I'm never going to do that ever. Like, this is not for me. No, thank you. It's too complicated. What is this? And it's it was like that for months. I was like, nah, this is nah, nah, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll just stick to graphic design. So I was really not against it, but just like, it's just not for me. Like me, and I imagine most people, changing our perspective on something takes time. The unknown is uncomfortable, especially when it's easy to read about negative news associated with something like NFTs. How many times have you heard something in your life and not looked into it any further because you were already biased by what you'd heard secondhand? How many times have you decided to wait until it's safe or until it gets easier or until everybody else is doing it? Especially when that thing you're resisting is not in your comfort zone. I used to teach graphic design many years ago, and I can tell you that it is a privilege to be the catalyst to someone's curiosity. And when that curiosity is stronger than a fear of failure or resistance, great things can happen. But like in so many cases, we need a coach, we need help, we need a community to bring us in. That's what makes Ellie's story so inspiring to me. Her whole lifestyle was a step into the complete unknown. Getting into NFTs can feel similar to moving to a new country, I think, in a way. You're entering an entire new community. You can't tell who the locals are, who the scammers are. You don't know anyone. And people have a different point of view. They have different customs. There's even different language. If you're an artist, the reason I think you'll find Ellie's journey into NFTs inspiring is because it's real. Change takes time because it's about trying something. There's initial resistance. Sometimes it appears like we haven't overcome that resistance. More often than not, we need a guide to help us on our journeys. And that's what I love about the NFT community. People are going out of their way to help others learn about the space because, yes, there's a lot of new language. There's a lot of technical stuff to wade through too. I've worked in tech for several years and I still found it intimidating to get into NFTs myself. I failed a few times last year, but I didn't give up and neither did Ellie. It might take a while and it might take a few attempts. 
it'll probably take someone on the inside to explain things to you. I just didn't get it. I was like, like, why would, even if I want to sell my art to people, why would people buy this thing? It was a new way to think. Like, it was just, it's so different. Like, I, I used to have an online shop and I would sell, like, prints and stickers and this and that. But is there really a market? Am I just going to do this and nobody's going to care? And, like, there's nobody on this on this Web3 thing. What is this? You know, I like to draw and I like to use my iPad. I don't code. It's only for geeks or like all these kind of things that I was like, I don't, I don't think it's for me. It was just the unknown. Everything is new. And, and there's so many articles that are like negative about this yeah. and others are positives. I had a hard time figuring out if it was good or bad or if it was for me or not for me. Then I was talking on the phone with one of my friends back home and she was like, oh, I have this really good friend of mine. I think you should talk to her. She told me about this NFT thing. She's looking for like artists to help, you know, and just teach. And I was like, okay, let, let's meet this person. I like to meet people and just learn. Maybe it's not going to do anything and I'm still going to be like, no, thank you. But mm -hmm. I, I want to meet this, this like girl boss. Who is this? So we connected and we had our first call and it was just, she's amazing. And we connected strongly. It was just really nice. Like a friend that I, I've known forever, you know? She had like a PowerPoint and with images, it was like a one hour call, but she was just like answering all my questions to every single word that I didn't understand. I was like, okay, what does this mean? And she would like explain like, like everything. I. I don't know. I don't, I can't explain. It was like a big presentation. She was ready. She knew how to explain it. And then I took a couple of weeks to think about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about everything she told me and that I could like just create art and, and create a community and all this, this amazing stuff that I don't create for a client. I create for myself. This is the goal. This is a dream to just create and, and have people connecting with your art. And this is amazing as an illustrator. So I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was talking about it all the time with my partner. And he was just like, <laughs> just just do it. Just, just go for it. You know, like you have nothing to lose, honestly. Like you're a freelance. Just do it. Stop, stop thinking about it. Like you are interested. Obviously, you can't stop talking about it. So just go. Go for it. And I went for it. It's really nice to have help in this world because, yeah, it's overwhelming as well as graphic design to and clients. So, yeah, it's really, it, it's really nice. I got lucky by, by having this call with, the, with this, the, the woman I'm talking about. Mm. I think like connecting with people that are into it and will teach you or talk about it because I feel like in this uh, community, like everybody's so, first of all, welcoming and they're they're just down to give you advice. At the beginning, I started a TikTok and that's how I connected with people in the, in the NFT community that are on TikTok, mostly women. And I put, I put out some like little TikToks just like that. Like I didn't really have followers and I had like so many comments and advice from people. And I was mm. like, well, this is something else. Like I've put out I put my work, my work out there before and like no comments, some likes. But this community was just like 
really engaging and giving advice, just like dad and sending me DMs and just trying to help. So that was, to me, I was like, wow, this is something else. As the creative, you're by yourself. And this was just, oh, there's a bunch of people out there that I can connect with and talk about art and just have fun. And this was really like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. See, when I realized it was a community that was so giving and welcoming, I was like, I want that. I want that. I don't want to be alone anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm over. I'm done with being alone, just in my little studio doing my thing. And yeah, that, yeah, that really changed my mind when I started seeing that. If you've listened to the previous episode on communities, you'll recognise this theme of loneliness being the total absence of community. The pull of a good community is strong. It's something we all need. It's not for everyone, and not everyone needs to get into NFTs right now or ever. But those people who are early, like Ellie, or Anne, the person who took the time to bring Ellie into NFTs, they're making the space what it is. They are defying the resistance of that feeling of, it's too technical, or I'm just an artist. I asked Ellie how she felt about Web3. Had she experienced any scams? And was it all worth the risk? I mean, I think it's okay to be like careful and like there's there are scams. But like, and the fact that it's new, like I think it's okay to remind yourself, okay, you got to be careful. I would say do some research about it, but like make sure you don't only read the negative or not just the positive, which is what I was going through. It was only negative at the beginning. It's just, it's just another way, you know, and maybe it's for you, maybe it's not for you and it's totally... It's totally fine, but you should explore it and, and see if it's for you or not. Like in anything in the world, like in anything, you have visiting a new country. It's amazing. You're in Costa Rica. Well, there's all these things that you have to be careful. It's the same thing for me with Web3. There's like this amazing community, this amazing opportunities. But yeah, you have to be careful and it's okay to have that in mind. But if you only focus on 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 fear, then you're not going to do anything. And that was one of my thing. I was afraid of, of doing, of, of like looking more into NFTs and I, I wasn't doing anything. I was just like afraid of like, is this good? Is this not good? Is it for me? Is it not for me? And then, and then you don't do anything. So mm -hmm. if you're afraid, um, if you live into fear, like nothing's going to happen. So sometimes you kind of just have to jump in and it's okay to like do research and make sure you feel comfortable. And for me, giving back to the turtles is a way for me to feel comfortable about being in this community. But I still keep in mind that, yeah, there's cans and you got to make sure you do things correctly and, and be respectful to everything and everybody. So sometimes you just got to jump in and, and just do it. It's like surfing, you know, like I'm, I'm not from anywhere near the ocean. And I was like, I want to surf. And I thought it was this easy thing, you know, and it's so challenging. It's like the most challenging sport I've ever tried. Everything is hard. I'm, I, I'm, I'm afraid of the ocean, big waves. And, and what if there's an animal under me that, I, not a turtle, right? Like a shark. If you live into fear all the time, then you're not gonna serve that way. You're not, nothing's gonna happen. And when something, when there's a big set that crash on my head, like, mm -hmm. am I not gonna go back in the water? No, I will. I can take a moment, think about it and see, okay, what happened? But then 
you get back into it. And for me, it's the same thing with art when I feel like discouraged because I'm working with clients and it's hard or all of that. Like, okay, you can take a moment to think about it, what you're doing and, and reset. And then you get back at it, you know, because as an artist, like I'm never going to stop, stop doing art. And it's just a new way to do your craft and, and share it with the world. You can tell by listening to Ellie that she has strong beliefs or has had strong beliefs, but they're loosely held. She's willing to challenge herself to adapt and change her mind about anything. There's such a lesson there. We've already covered a few comfort zones that Ellie had moved through, moving out of Canada, living in South America, beginning surfing, skateboarding. It's so easy to stay where we are, to keep doing what's familiar. And sometimes that's great. What I believe is underneath all this is our simple desire to connect. Not just the strong connections that come with community that Ellie felt. I think people have a basic desire to connect through art. Art can be a hobby, passion or profession. Some people like to be on the creative side and other people prefer to be the collectors and the critics. The career path of a creative person is not often in a straight line. I wanted to understand how Ellie made it to the path that she's on now. From Canada to Costa Rica, how did she get into illustration in the first place? I wanted to do a, um, a yoga teacher training. I was into yoga at that moment. So I was like, I looked online and somehow I found this place here in the village I live now. Online, I was just like, okay, that's going to be it. I didn't really think about it. And I was like, that's where I'm going. There's mangoes in the trees and there's sun and surf. I'm good. Let's, let's go there. I met my partner here. And we were in love. We are still in love, obviously. And um, I fell in love with the place too and the people. And I went back to, to Canada after. So we've been doing the long distance relationship for five years. I went back to school in graphic design and I fell in love with graphic design. I love my three years of studying in that field. Afterwards, I was like, okay, I don't want to work for somebody. I want to live in Costa Rica. So how am I going to figure this out? So then like the real work really started after that. And then I, I was like searching for a specific style. And that's when I was like, oh, the 60s, the 70s, all that groovy retro stuff. And I learned how to skateboard and, and surf. And I was just like, oh, this is so cool. And then I met so many amazing people through that that were into that too. And they love my art on my Instagram. And I was like, well, I guess I can make a logo with that that hand lettering that I'm doing on my Instagram, on my illustration. And then it just kind of like snowballed like that. And it just, I started making logos with that style and people liked it. I don't make logos that are like corporate logos. I'm not good at that. You know, I was just like, I'm, I don't have to do that. I can do what I'm good at, right? So I work with like businesses that own, that, that make skateboards and surfboards and or in that industry. I learned that with graphic design, that think change and it's okay. And don't be too attached with your art because some people will like it, some people won't. And it's just life. Many people, like Ellie, find themselves doing both a mix of commercial design work and personal art projects. Very few people make a living right now purely from selling their physical art. Of the few fine artists I've known, they usually had a regular job like an art teacher or they worked in a related creative field. Like Ellie, 
They may be a freelance illustrator on the side, for example. In a way, that label of artist or designer doesn't matter. There's room for all creators in the NFT space right now. There's plenty of opportunity for designers, for example, to take on clients who want to launch an NFT project but don't have the creative ability to do it. If you're an artist who wants to sell and publish their own one-off pieces or small collections, now is the time to do that as well. I'm not telling you that it's easy or a straight line. So don't expect to publish something for hundreds of dollars on an NFT marketplace tomorrow and expect people to buy it. You still have to do the marketing and get the word out. You still have to tell the story about the artwork. Ellie has been very open about how many times she actually walked away from NFTs. It's a process. It's not about being right or wrong. It's either for you or it's not. And it might be for you right now or it might be later. It might be never. But I can hear how happy Ellie is in this interview after connecting with the NFT community online. She doesn't feel like a lonely artist anymore, and that's amazing. It's not unique either. Visual creators are having their disruptive moment. I just hope more people choose to do what Ellie has done and redirect some of that back into the world to do good. Let's hear more about Ellie's project from her. I made six different illustrations. It's turtles and surfing and environment together in these six, and it's it's groovy and funky and retro, like my style. So it's all, it's all of that together. So we're going to be releasing one at a time on OpenSea. The first holder of each of these artwork are going to get um, also a print, like a physical print. And I'm going to send to them of the artwork they bought. And 40% of the amount of money we're going to raise with each one of them is going to go to the organization Sea Turtles Forever. Now, this could be a model for similar causes and charities to follow in future. Get well-known artists to create a collection of NFTs, donate a portion of the proceeds to the cause, but also make sure that artists get something as well. Because we need to stop expecting creative people to work for free. NFTs might be an opportunity for more artists to have a sustainable future. Ellie is one of many artists exploring that right now. Increasingly, I believe that NFTs could enable creators like Ellie to become more like the bootstrap startups of the last 10 years. And just like those startups, there will be people who are in it for the money. But like many startups, good NFT projects emerge from a passion to have an impact. The potential size of the NFT industry is entirely dependent on the supply of NFTs and the demand for them. I feel that on the supply side, and by that I mean the NFTs that are being made and yet to be created, the size of that supply will be dependent on all the artists and illustrators and designers who, if they can overcome resistance, will want to see if NFTs could be a way to make a change in their own life and even have a positive impact on the world. Will NFTs be to artists what music streaming has been to musicians? Or will it be more similar to what paid newsletters have enabled a growing number of writers to do? To write for themselves and their 1,000 true fans? We need to remember that innovation is often relative. For the same price as one CD 10, 15 years ago, you can now get unlimited access to billions of songs for a month, for the whole family, on any device. For NFT collections, the closest equivalent is physical collectibles, Pokemon, baseball cards, for example. 
For smaller one-off artworks, the equivalent is buying art prints online. The difference that most people still don't get is the power of ownership and exclusivity. Ellie's work for the Turtles consists of six images, not thousands. Each is a one-off, unique and with only one possible true owner. And that, to many people, is much more appealing than going online and buying a piece of art that thousands of other people will also own. Earlier in the day before I spoke to Ellie, I happened to have a conversation with someone else in the Web3 NFT space. They told me about a new way of investing money into the Web3 version of premium bonds, if you're familiar with those. You put your money in, you never lose it, and you get entered into a draw for a chance to win thousands in weekly or monthly prizes instead of earning interest. So I shared this with Ellie because I started to wonder, isn't that a better way to give to charity and causes like saving turtles? You build up a fund that generates interest every day where the people who put the money in don't lose their original investment, but instead of having a weekly or monthly draw, it creates a constant income for the charity or cause. Ellie's response to this was very typical of the kind of conversations I've been having around Web3 and NFTs. People are so open. Everybody really wants to learn. And it's brilliant. You see, this is why I love this, because like it, everything is like all these different ways to use Web3, to do something good, to have an income as an artist, to do all of these different things. It's just like, it never stops. It's overwhelming, but it's so nice. Like as a creative person, it's just this like, it never stops. And like, this is the best example. I've never heard of that before. And now I'm like, oh, but like, we can do this. Like, that's just another way to raise money for, for the turtles. And wow, that's amazing. I love it. Since I recorded this interview in early February, Ellie has sold five of the six images. Each image is priced at 0.13 Ethereum, ETH. And today, when I checked, that translates to around $380 each. That means Ellie has sold nearly $2,000 worth of her art and will be donating at least $800 to help saving the sea turtles. I'll provide links in the show notes for where you can get more information about the sea turtles and also where you can donate money too. I'll leave links in the show notes to Ellie's Twitter and her collection on OpenSea, but I'll let her pronounce her username and give you the spelling. If you're interested in NFTs but not actually on Twitter or not in that NFT community on Twitter, here's Ellie's thoughts on that as well. My name on Twitter is Ellie underscore... Montreal. My last name, it's like Montreal, but at the end, like the A-L is U-I-L. So it's almost like Montreal. At first, I didn't like Twitter. I never had a Twitter before. I'm, I created one only for NFTs. As an artist, it can be hard to like share something without a visual, like yeah. a, an illustration or a photo. It's kind of like unnatural to me. But now that I'm more into it, like the community there is, is, is the best. It's Everybody's there and it's just like this big party. Thanks very much for listening today. If you stick around to the end, I'm going to give you some more information about the charity that's saving sea turtles. Check the show notes for links to Ellie's work, her Twitter, and also for Sea Turtles Forever, the non-profit she's donating money to, who are dedicated to saving sea turtles and marine life. There are three ways now to support the show. I'm providing affiliate links to several crypto platforms where you can trade Bitcoin, Ethereum, and even in some cases, NFTs. That's Coinbase, Nexo, CoinSmart, FTX, and Paxful. 
I really want to help provide people with some entry points. And if I can do that in a way that helps support the show just by using those platforms, that's great for both of us. In the show notes, you can also find affiliate links to a great platform for learning about Web3 crypto and even design if you want to start creating an NFT project. That's Udemy. If you'd rather not do the work yourself, click the affiliate link for Fiverr, where you can hire anyone you need to create an NFT project. Designers, Web3 developers, growth marketers, and even community managers. Do remember, please, it's important to do your own research when you're on any of these websites. By using the links and signing up to any of these platforms, you'll be helping Minted to earn a small commission. And that really helps to keep the show going. You'll find more details in the show notes. You can also support the show directly at minted underscore podcast on Twitter, where you can leave a tip in crypto or any currency. Or you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash minted to buy me a coffee and say hi. A great way to support the show is to please just tell everybody about it. Rate it on your podcast player. But most importantly, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a future episode. Thanks to Ellie today for taking the time to talk to me. I recommend you check out her artwork and get the last one if it's not already gone. If you have any questions or suggestions about Web3 or NFTs, please let me know on Twitter at minted underscore podcast. Minted is an independent podcast. It's just me doing the writing, editing, recording, and mixing. It takes time and money, but I really do love making them. I couldn't do it without the support from listeners and the amazing tools like Hindenburg, numerous audio plugins, a small cupboard, and an aging Mac laptop, plus the numerous Creative Commons Zero sound effects from freesound.org, the music that's fully licensed from Melody, that's melod.ie. Today, the show featured Deluxe Apartment by Chris Raggett, Good Vibes and the Beat of Memories by Singe Clark, plus Time Stand Still by David Godfrey. Here's some more information about Sea Turtles Forever. This is from the website of the non-profit organization that Ellie's donating money to. Sea Turtles Forever is a registered non-profit organization devoted to the conservation of marine turtles and the protection of their nest and foraging habitats. With the rise in global plastic production and the inadequate plastic recycling infrastructure in many parts of the world, many sea turtle nesting beaches have fallen victim to marine plastic debris landfall. Microplastics, small pieces of eroded plastic, are most toxic of all, absorbing high concentrations of PCBs and other harmful chemicals from the ocean. In response... STF's microplastic removal team has developed a static charge filtration screen technology to easily remove microplastic debris from sand. With your support, STF is leading a global initiative to clean up beaches worldwide. Their mantra, more turtles, less plastic, is a vision they believe will lead to a healthier ecosystem for all marine life. So join them in their effort to revitalize the planet. The organisation hires local residents, provides education about sea turtle conservation and have altogether been able to safely conserve and hatch over 11,000 baby sea turtles every year. Check out their website for more information where you can also adopt a sea turtle and name it, which seems to me like a massive opportunity to do an NFT project as well. Maybe that'll happen in the future.